Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of The Barry and Max Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and alongside me, former Sooner and 2000 national champ, uh, Damian Mackey. D-Mac, we've got a special guest today. How how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. Yeah, no, it always feels good to be able to bring some uh, some fire and brimstone on the Barry and Max show. Now, I'm kidding. Uh, man, excited to have my boy, my brother from another. Uh, he was the best man in my practice wedding. <laughs> we did elementary school together, middle school together. He, uh, he, he dragged my skinny tail to Oklahoma with him and, uh, man, changed my life. So super excited to have my boy, uh, my friend, somebody who I always look at as a brother, man in life roy lee williams jr what's cracking bro i'm good how are you guys doing all right man doing all right man you were uh you were trending last night or i guess this morning on on twitter coach venables what in his the the little show he does during the week Mm -hmm. said that you were the most physical player that he had had while at Oklahoma, and I believe he was talking about ever. So here, Clemson, we'll get into a bunch of other stuff as well. But I just wanted to get your get your take on that. Uh, it, that's that's an honor for him to say one, two. Cause I I always have a hard time with talking about myself. Um, so in hearing that, that's that's humbling. That's awesome. Do I think I was the most physical player? I don't think so. I I would put Brandon Everett up there. Because, I mean, he did not care about his body when he went in and tackled people. He may have misfired a lot, but when he, when he hits you, he hits you, you know. If if anything, I would say I was more an um, efficient tackler. I didn't, I really, I hardly ever missed tackles when I was playing. So I would I would say I was more efficient in my tackling. But to be, as Coach Rinnable said, the, I mean, the best or whatever the whatever he said, that's that's awesome. But then again, too, you got to think about this. I used to have a position named the Roy after me, after I left, you know, for many, many years. Until actually until Coach Venables left and went to Clemson, they had the Roy position. And then they had other safeties come in behind me trying to fill those shoes, which, and this is no shot, but those shoes still haven't been filled to the level of of since I played there, there have been great players that have come after me, but I don't think they panned out to what probably Mike Stoops had hoped for. Let me butt in, let me butt in, let me butt in, let me butt in. Cause I was there front and center. I went against Roy Lee every Tuesday and Wednesday in practice. By the way, Roy is going to provide more confirmation today about some of the stuff we experienced in practice because he was also there. <laughs> he was also there. T. Marshall and Mark have come on Roy and, and now they validate some of the ignorance that we dealt with. But from a perspective, right? So there's a couple of different contexts I look at this from. Obviously, Roy and I came to OU as best friends, like literally best friends as 17-year-old kids or 18-year-old kids. We were both 18. Roy was 17. I was 18. I saw Roy develop from, you know, a true freshman, got to play some on special teams, hurt his back, redshirted. 
by the way, we got to talk about that because I don't know if that was ever like legit really happened or what that whole story was, Lee. We got to talk about that because I, I don't think I ever got a clear answer on that deal. But he transformed into the best player in college football. And in 2001 season, mm. there were four quarterbacks that were going on to be the highs. And it was like Dorsey, Grossman, uh, Pickett, someone else. I don't remember who they all were. Roy was the best player in America. Um, and in practice, you know, we would, and, and I've told you this, Barry, a couple times, more often than not, and Mark echoed this, more often than not, it was harder for us on a Tuesday, Wednesday practice than it was on game day because every tuesday and wednesday i'm doing one-on-ones against rory every tuesday and wednesdays mark clayton's doing one-on-ones against Derek straight you know what i'm saying every tuesday and wednesday in practice we're doing you know th- uh, a skelly drill with jt thatcher and torrence marshall and and rocky calmus and teddy layman you know what the common thread is every person i named was either an all-american or a national award winner and that was every tuesday wednesday practice roy how epic for some of our Wednesday Blitz pickup practices, 11 on 11. Oh, was- <laughs> epic. <laughs> like, was- epic. Like, there are days where yeah. Mike Stoops is screaming his head off because we- we're killing them in the spots. We're killing them in the quick game. We're killing them in the screen game. And then mm-hmm. there's days where Mark Mangino is going bananas because mm-hmm. no one can block Roy. By the way, there were days where it was just Roy. Like, Roy would come off the edge, and he'd kill the left tackle. We'd run a screen, and he'd run right through uh, two of us and kill this and kill the screen. And then we'd run, you know, a levels concept, kind of like the concept I was telling you about, Barry, yep. where we'd do flood the zone or something, and Roy would kill the flat defender, sink, and then intercept the whole play. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just telling you. Like, <laughs> the, the reason, by the way, some of my lingo is defensive lingo. When I say whole buzz the flats, I'm listening to how they were taught. Our lingo is not that. Our lingo is run the scene. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. get to the dead area. Whole flat lingo is is DB lingo. So when I hear Coach V say that, I'm not surprised. Here's something to think about, Barry. And, and Roy, Roy knows this, but I don't think Roy ever tripped on it. There's one difference between when Roy was at OU and when Roy left OU. And here's what it is. When Coach Venables was our DC, he's our defensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator, even whatever one you wanted to put it, 99 times out of 100, he had three backers on the field. He had three backers on the field. Hmm. Coach V likes to keep backers on the field. Roy Williams is the only safety that when he was at OU, he never left the field. That means if Roy doesn't leave the field, unless they're in goal line and he brings in an extra Sam, there's only two backers. So 95% of the time when Roy was at OU, we play with two backers and three safeties. When Roy left OU, we play with three backers and two safeties. There's a there's mm-hmm. a distinct reason why. Roy was physical as hell. I had to block him nine times out of 10, I couldn't. Um, and the one time out of 10 I could, I went back to the huddle ex- juiced, like ah, I got him because it was literally impossible. He's as fast as a receiver. He's as strong as a backer. And on the football field, he's the smartest guy on defense. You could never trick Roy. And if you tricked him once, he'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. I'll say this and I'll get back into the show. Just I just want people to understand, like when I got to OU and Roy told you this, when I got to OU, my biggest strength was my, my short area speed, quick. Myself and Andre Wilford were basically the two quickest guys on the team on offense. Defensive defensive guys couldn't hang with us, Barry. So me and Dred. Here we go. So when Roy and I would 
do one-on-ones in 99, maybe, mainly not, nah, 99, I didn't go against Roy because I was an ex. So 2000, 2000 season, Roy and I would do every day. I had to do one-on-ones against Roy, Tuesday, Wednesday, true or untruly. Okay. Every day. So at first, we're in fall camp and Roy would play tight. And I knew, ooh, I got an advantage because if I could get Roy, if I could beat half of Roy and then I only had to beat one hand, I could beat him off the line. So we're in fall camp and we're, you know, we're splitting reps. He's kicking my ass. I'm kicking his ass, whatever, whatever. Well, one day, I don't even know what the hell happened. I line up against Roy and he backs up a step. I say, oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, man, this is going to be tough because now there's more space between he and I. And then he 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 takes his stance and he gets a little wider. His step, his foot goes like six inches farther than his typical stance would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the line of scrimmage like, man, what is he? You know, I'm, 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 I'm doing the math in my head or I'm playing chess in my head. Like, okay, what am I going to do now? <laughs> I, so I have to like take, I have to like spend time getting closer to him. Because if you do a move on someone three, three yards away, they have the angle, right? They can catch up. They can get to you. So I try to catch, I try to like make up ground on Roy and he houses me. He beats me, right? He beats me. So I'm like, damn. So Coach Sprayer is like, D-Mac, you know, you got to squeeze space. You got to get tighter to Roy and they make your move. So the next time I do it, right, I try again. And and I'm as I'm doing it, I'm thinking to myself like, man, I'm kind of leaving myself open. You know, Roy didn't lunge at me a lot because I was quick, but I just knew like, yo, if I do it like this, if he lunges at me, I'm done. I didn't say anything to him though. And then I don't know, I, I, whatever, I'm running a route that maybe it's easier for me to win. When we needed to win a route, we'd run a dig because even if they kind of jammed you, you could get inside of them and cut across their face, right? And Coach Mike Stu's like, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You're, you're covered back here. You're covered. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so <my> true. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not open. That's covered. You're, you're done. You're done, right? But we, we, we just funny. need to catch. We need a confidence, right? So the third one, and I, I don't know if Roy even remembers this. I, I'm sure you do, but the story, so it's the third rep. And I'm thinking to myself, like, Jay Norv, you a sucker because Jay is getting whoever the other, I don't even remember who it was. Really, if, if Coach Spurrier wanted us to get better, he'd be like, you guys got to go against Roy Lee. Like, we didn't really even go against whoever the second guy was unless we had to. But I'm going against Roy every rep. That's just how it's working. It's the third rep. So by now, I'm thinking. And I look up and I look at Roy and I think Josh is my quarterback because this is 2000. This is 2000 because by 2001, Roy was just the best player. Roy didn't even have to do 101s that much 2001, but it's 2000 season. I think Josh is my cue. It may have been Nate. I don't remember, but I'm kind of in my head and I'm thinking like, damn, what am I going to do? I can't beat him. Like I'm literally telling myself like I can't beat him. So I'm in my head and I'm looking down. I look up. He's three yards from me. And and whoever the quarterback is is starting their cadence, whatever our cadence was, ready, go. I don't remember what it was. So I look down again. I'm kind of thinking. And as soon as I hear go, Roy's coming at me full speed. And it's like, he's like the boogeyman, bro. Like he's big, big, he's wide, his arms are hella wide. Barry grabs me at the line of scrimmage and like, and like body slams. The first thing that hits the ground is my chair, is my back. So my back beats my feet, my butt, my head. It's my back. Boom. He's on top of me. His legs are up. He's like, he's like. I can't even explain it, bro. Like he's treating me like his six-year-old brother and I'm on the ground and he's looking at me face master face. So I was like, like he's, I'm just like, bro, like you gotta be kidding me. Mind you, the embarrassment of being like, we were the guys, me, Josh, uh, me, Dre, Kurt, Sav, 
Jay Norm. Like, you know what I'm saying? 101s, we talk shit, we win. <laughs> you know, MC joined that group later on. He houses me like you're never supposed to get housed. Oh, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, bro, you really gonna do me like that? Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out this new technique he's doing, and he houses me, bro. Uh, uh, bro, you remember that? I mean, vaguely, because I, 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 if I remember right, I I was on before we face to face. I was just laughing at you, of course. If, if I if I if anything, but no, I don't. I mean, we had so many of those uh, battles, and I vividly remember everything you're talking about as far as the you know the the blitz pickups the <laughs> the screen drills doing the one-on-ones and you know hey sprayers over here telling you guys are going against me and but we made each other better yep. you know and, and and it's true on what you're saying as far as come game time game time was it was nothing like i got to go against i felt the best receiver in the country you know on our on, on our team and versus you guys felt the same way as far as far as the dbs and it's funny and i honestly i you guys need to have a coach mangino on here for he can talk about because he used to always get pissed at me oh my god um and blitz and blitz pickup and 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 just inside inside drill in, in, inside drill as well as just practice like i, I hate talking about myself but i used to i used to f up practice or coach Mantino. And it's not even that I effed it up. It was just that I was just, I was playing ball and I was making plays, plays that the other team probably is not going to make. And that's what coach Mangino, Mangino was like, I'll come out there and cut you my damn self. Boy. And I was like, come on, coach. I'm like, you know, your ass ain't about to get on the ground. But it's literally, I, I had so much, like, I had, like, my college years are just pure joy. Because I literally, everybody was just playing for the same reason. We wanted to go out there. We wanted to compete. We just wanted to have fun. Mm. You know, and college was, I, I miss college the most because the times that I was able to um, um, be able to suit up with my, my, my brothers and, and you know, Damien, you know, he talks about the progression of, as far as me from uh, literally for, uh, high school to college. Like, I got to see a lot of those young kids. You got to talk, Mark, and I, I listened to the podcast. Let's just um, just say, and I heard your guys' story as far as Mark eating me on the corner post. I heard the story, and he and he did because I just I was I took him I took him I took him uh, he took it I took it for granted. You know, I really wasn't taking it serious, and then he got me like thousand percent. And uh, Mark had immaculate feet and handwork. Um, yeah. um, but you know, you learn. You learn from your mistakes. You don't learn from your uh, your uh, uh, your successes. You know. So I learned <laughs> after after getting beat. Um, you know, I just can't can't try to manhandle everybody. You know, you just gotta you gotta learn. Like Damien was, you know, talking about my. Um, my positioning on the field when doing one on ones with him, it's it's all it's all a mind game, you know. You it's it's you're playing mind games nonstop, you know. Um, and I I felt that I was good at that, and I was I was always good at dissecting plays um, and knowing my angles on how I was going to do it. And that was I think that was my advantage of being able to play the the position that coach Mike and Coach Renner was having at because. I was good on dissecting plays quickly. 
as well as um, attacking. I never slowed up at the point of contact. I was always going full, damn near full speed. And if I if it looked like I slowed up, it was more so me baiting them to think I was going one way and I knew they were going to go another way. And I was already getting ready to lunge and dive at that position where I was going to be. There's there's always tricks and trades to how I played. And I mean, I, I literally was it was fun to be able to excel, excel my time. And it, it's crazy. And I'm, I know I'm on a rant, but it's crazy because I literally so, Damien, you, you talked about my my injury, right? I got, I did, I had two stress fractures in the lower back. I had stress fractures back when I was in high school. I used to, oh, wow. there were some games, there were some games that I wouldn't even sit in the seats. I would lay on the, the floor of the bus driving back home to our, our, our home high school after a game because my back was so inflamed and it hurt so bad. But I literally walking across the street to the um, the locker room, which was not what the locker room is now. Oh my gosh, it's lit now. <laughs> but I was walking across the street and my back popped and it went out. And I literally was laying down. Is that um, is that Jenkins? Is that Jenkins yeah. in front of the? Okay, I was laying down in the middle of the road of Jenkins. I couldn't move. I had literally had to crawl onto the sidewalk and then I think Scott Anderson or whoever helped me into the uh into the training room to get some treatment. I mean, like that's how bad my back was. And um I had great advice from Donna Joseph, number 29, phenomenal oh. safety. Mm. Oh. He literally pulled me to the side and said, Roy, I know you want to come back and play. You can do that. You'll you'll do well. But there's a strong possibility that Coach Blake may not be here next year. And you might just want to save that extra year with a new coach. Oh, I, was wow. like, I didn't okay. know Wow. I said, I said, okay, I'll, I'll redshirt. No problem. And lo and behold, Coach Blake got fired and comes, you know, Coach Mike Stoop or Coach Bob Stoops and Mike and um, the rest of the camp, the whole, the whole crew, the whole, <laughs> the whole young, dude, you talk about some young, I know. energetic, fiery coaches that got in your face. Like it was, oh, you, you talk about shock and awe. Oh my gosh. Man, so, look, that's, wow. that's, hey, and let me say this too. I actually want to bring, I didn't say this when we talked about it with MC and everyone knows this, or he knew this then. I don't know if he remembers. So the way our defense was constructed back then. Roy was Roy what was was would call Roy is what was called the whole defender, right? And and that's the slot area. And that's why I referenced that word a lot, the whole. His job was to make sure everything stayed inside of him so it, it would go towards the backers and the safeties in the safe in the safeties. If anything went outside of him, that was a dead area where we, right? That was an area we always would try to get to. So Roy changes his technique in 2000, and he basically plays a half man outside of us. It's me and Josh primarily. It's, it's me and Josh. There's no other guy. It's me and Josh at the slot. And, you know, if it's man, he's about two yards. If it's zone, he's probably about four yards. But more, but 99 times out of 100, unless he's coming, we're not allowed to get outside of him, right? So the reason this is important that I'm talking about Mark is because Roy changed his technique sometime during the season during 2000. When he did that, we, like, it was, I don't know if I ever got outside of him again unless I had to run, like, a, a slot fade and then you know he'd still push your ass all the way to the sidelines you're by the way you're in the slot roy would push you all the way to the sidelines from the slot mm -hmm. 
and then laugh at you like for real like like you'd go to film the next day and get in trouble because <laughs> spurrier would be like how the hell does he push you to the sideline from slot? Like, like Roy was just strong and long and like for real, right? So what we started doing is pushing his technique. We would stem him and make him not let us have the outside and then get up inside of him and then try to cross his face on the corner out, which is not ideal. Um, it, you have to do it from time to time. But Coach Spurrier basically was resigned to just like, Roy's the best player on the field. When we run corners in practice, you got to run it inside. But when we run in the game, beat the guy outside. Like, that's literally what we would talk about in film, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like that's literally like it was it was we didn't get in trouble for not trying to go outside against Roy. <laughs> Little MC <laughs> lines up. And beats him outside and runs a freaking corner. And me, Josh, and Spurrier's jaws are on the ground. Like, what the hell? Like, now, now it's, obviously, I think MC Roy didn't give him the same fervor that he would give us because he was a puppy. Uh, let's see what had happened. I think Dre was hurt for a period of the season, and I was rotating between X and H, and then MC was coming up. So MC started to get reps with the ones, which means he got to do one on ones with the ones. Mm-hmm. And I think he pushed him inside, like MC, do a do an X or do an X rep because I was doing like mate or an H rep because I was doing X by myself that day or something. But he gets this rep against Roy, and we're all looking because Roy, I mean, MC's ascending. Like MC went from probably the worst of the receivers in the group to like yeah. he. That 2001 season, he's ascending in like a, a three-week period. All of a sudden, he's fast. He's, you know, something happens. So when he runs that rep, and that's the reason I bring it up, because there's a million reps to talk about in 101s. 101s is the best time in practice. We used to get juiced for 101s. But MC beat Roy side and then stacked him and ran the corner. We were all like, like no one had seen it for a year. We were all like, it's impossible to do. And it was just crazy. You know, to just see him see, and then you see what both of those guys are both NFL guys. They're both both first round draft picks. You know, they're both all Americans. It's like, okay, got it. You're seeing two, two of the very best at their positions. And then of course you hear Roy say, Oh, I kind of gave him chances on that first one because I never saw MC do it again. <laughs> I'll tell you that. He did it once. And Man. from that point on, we didn't see MC do it. So the reason that that was such a significant deal for me, and again, right, Roy is I literally played peewee football with Roy. I played backyard football behind my house with Roy since mm-hmm. we were what 10 8 I don't know but kids elementary yeah. school high school we we went to the championship game together from being 0 and 6 or whatever the hell our record was as freshmen we were the worst team in our high school's history which our high school was a juggernaut <laughs> in the 90s. we were a juggernaut we were, and we, we had won the one worst game. team we won one <laughs> okay game. we won one game okay <laughs> cool <laughs> Can we give so us, we went, hey, put some respect on our name. Put some respect <laughs> on that game, though, baby. Hey, we be a good team. We were losing oh, teams we had no business losing to. We we had a can we had yeah. so much cancer on that team. But my point is, we went from one and six to playing De La Salle when De La Salle was the best in America. Like that was the team we faced for our championship season. And then, of course, we go to OU together, and that whole story is crazy because neither of us was planning on OU until I get injured. And so, to see that. And then to see him and Mark both become basically the best of their positions at the same time during the glory years of, yeah. of, 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 of OU, you know, just crazy. Yeah. It's actually really, really crazy to see. So, Roy, Roy, I want to ask yes, you about sir. something because in in 2000, you you obviously, I mean, the, the defense made a jump from 1999 uh, to that season, but mm-hmm. it felt like you made a jump 
from 2000 to 2001. And the reason I'm asking this is sort of the the things that went into that jump because it's talked about today with the way the game is spaced uh that there's a, a general sentiment that defensive backs can't dominate the game in the way that that you dominated the game right it, thinking about yeah. it in terms of it you're just gonna lose a lot more than you win so what goes into having the impact on the game from that defensive back or Roy position, what does your attitude have to be? And then what does the the actual sort of tangible preparation look like to be able to go out there and do that on Saturday? You guys probably recognize the, a jump from 2000-2001 because we have the horses, like the marquee names, there anymore, like the Torrance Marshalls, the Ramon Richardsons, the um, Ante Jones. I mean, you didn't, you didn't, those guys were gone, you know? And so, I mean, I was a, a budding star, if you want to say, or whatever. I don't even know the, the term for it. But those guys, I mean, I was always, I was always behind the scenes. Like, I, I just wanted to play football and, you know, have fun. And that's it. But as far as the jump, what what happened, I would say, was one, my film preparation with Coach Mike Stoops, and then two, get and and what on, on top of that is knowing my knowing my responsibilities in every defense against every formation. And Coach Mike, literally, we went over that. Like we, I dissected it. I I, I talked to him like, hey, if I if I tried this, um, are you okay with this? And then he would be like, yes, but this better not happen. <laughs> so he would say it would be okay. But then at the same time, so, I mean, you know, I had to cover cover my butt. So the there there was there was a jump, but it was my 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 and my psyche as far as taking on challenges, like being thrusted in those positions, was I wanted to be the best. And the reason why I wanted to be the best was because when Mike Stoops first got there in 90, 98. Um, 99 season, he told me that I could not hold Gerard Cooper's jockstrap. Wow. And he fucking pissed me off. <laughs> and he said it, he said it, he said it That's every day. That's a bite. That's a bite. <laughs> Y'all laughing, but I was, that, pissed, that pissed me off. Like, you know I remember I mean? we lived in Summer Point. He like, used to tell me every, every day, every day. And I bet you asked I was who's his best safety ever coach. You damn sure you're gonna say my fucking name. I promise you that. Um, but <laughs> I literally that fueled me so much. And once I I felt like I went over that hurdle, like I'm not even trying to compete, old boy, no more. Like like trying to be the best is better than our than Gerard Cooper. Like coach used to piss me off so much. I used to see coach. Mike Stoops' face and the opponent's helmet. And I used to try to hit him so hard because <laughs> he used to, like, coach, like, he used to just get under my skin. Like, because, I mean, he was just pushing me to, but was he, I didn't take it as disrespect, but he was pushing me to get better. And that's the only thing I cared about was trying to get better. But at the same time, some of his mes methods and the way he talked to me just upset me. And so I always used to see Mike Stoops inside that helmet, you know, and they used to talk about the playing days at Iowa and they were, you know, they were this and they were that. And Coach Bob only played, he didn't play when he college on his, in his knees, he played 
hit with bone, bone on bone. And so, you know, they're, they're talking about how tough they are. And it's like, dude, I'm tough too, you know? So, mm. um, so it's, there are some different dynamics of that, that jump from 2000, 2001. Hell, you've talked about 99. Hell, I didn't even really even get to see the field in 99 until later part of the season. Like, I dare say they had that, you know, that trump card in their back pocket and they were holding it to the perfect time to play it. Like, I didn't get to see the field that much in outside of special teams. And then they started experimenting, adding an extra safety in the box. I think Ante got hurt and then they start testing, you know, putting me in because they had William Barty, they had Pee Woods, they had Mike Woods, they had Rodney Riddell, they had Torrance and then it was um, B. Moore and Rocky. So, I mean, I I could crack the lineup and they had Ante, Ante on deck. So, I mean, it. I didn't, I, I didn't see the, I didn't see the field for defense unless we were blowing out a team. So, I mean, there was a lot of progression of me, but the thing was, once I got on that field and I heard my name called and it, they say tackle by Roy Williams, um, 38 from Union City, California, yes, that, that was my high. I was like, I always want to hear that. I literally was like, I always want to hear that. I do not want to give up my spot. And so each and every game, I started making a, a, a tougher play or, you know, I just made a play and then... It just it just started adding up, piling up, and then I I cracked the starting role, and I ain't shit. I ain't never gave that shit back. <laughs> I left. I mean, being honest about the situation because I, I mean, I I wanted that. I mean, I I played for pride. I played for my family. I played for the homies back back in California. I played for my for my my town and my my housing. Uh, my housing community that I, I, I grew up in in Contempo. Like, if I if, if I was on TV, I wanted people to be associated and be proud of a product coming from the inner city on TV that's doing something. That was that was that was my motivation. That's yeah. facts. Contempo, so, baby. Side Westside Contempo, homie. Westside Contempo. Yep. I want to. Somebody gonna get somebody. Hey, I'll say this, O'Berry, just to kind of echo what Royley said. They went with uh, like Rodney Rideau, you know, they, they had their seniors. Will Barty was an NFL guy, by the way, stud, good dude. Yep, 28. Fact, Will, Will played that position to slot nickel, didn't he? When yep. It was a nickel position initially, and it was Will because they would have Pee Wee and Mike, and then they'd have Will Barty, yep. kind of like the Royley position, which Will was good in pass coverage, but he was a he was tackle. A, yeah, in space, he, 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 he'd, get, he'd get housed a couple times. But that's crazy, Roy. I didn't remember that because '99. I'm playing since the first game of the season. I'm, you know, I'm out there playing with JJ week mm-hmm. one, and uh, you know, it's crazy. Is it makes sense now because you you really made your first name for yourself. Was it in uh, what was that Notre Dame when BD goes to the house and you block like three guys? In Notre Dame, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, special oh, teams. I, I did kickoff return, kickoff, and uh, punt team. And I think yeah. sometimes they sprinkle me in on punt return. I was special teams guy. I was special teams. That's why that's wild. That's wild. That's funny. I saw that play, DMAC, because I was going through looking for that play that you had against Notre Dame where you run into run into old boy. Oh, (laughs) come on, bro. I did I I could have scored a touch. I saw that play, matter of fact. I saw that play like two weeks ago. I watched it like, God dang it, I ran right into Matt Anderson. No, 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 Matt O'Neill. 
Our center, Matt O'Neill. What which one are you talking about, Barry? You talking about the moment they they passed the fairs me? Man. Some <laughs> some stranger dude. He like when I said it, some guy sent me a DM was like, they did pass and finish you. I just watched it like, yeah, no kidding. But uh Lizzie, Lizzie, man, I, I wanted to ask a question. Walk yeah. me through, you know, you know, you you obviously listen, you're 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 top man, I would say even including quarterbacks, I believe the Sooner Nation would say you're probably top five player all time in OU. You're probably the best defensive player. Uh, 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 you're the best secondary player, bar none. You're probably the best in the, I mean, you were Boz in the, in the, in the back seven. I mean, yeah. you know, I think most would say Leroy Selman is, is in a league of his own, just, you know, the nostalgia and all the things he was able to accomplish, accomplish, but you leave all you, you go to, you go to Dallas and obviously I'm, I'm there with you for most of that experience, but you are one of the, you are one of the UNAD, I would say are two who went to the NFL and you played at that level for a long time, mm -hmm. for a long time. My favorite player, I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. My favorite player was Ronnie Lott. Mm -hmm. I played safety in high school. You know, like I was a defensive guy. Roy would probably be the only person who could tell people that I really was a defensive player. I just switched because, like Roy said, he didn't get no burn in 99. I was <laughs> definitely not getting no burn with all the juniors and seniors <laughs> at corner. There was like 10 corners. Yeah. I could name like eight of them. But, man, what was the experience like? Man, you're a Sooner. You're a California kid. You're a Union City kid. You're a Contempo kid. We grew up in Contempo. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to go from a kid from, from, from the East Bay to essentially – I was there, so I know it's the truth. Roy was the most valuable and the most popular cowboy for I don't know five seasons. How does how, how does how do you handle that? Like, what was that like? Dang, it's tough because I'll say this: no one can ever be prepared, especially people that are not financial literacy strong. You're not you're not ready for the cash windfall that comes in when you become a when you sign that contract, mm. when going through the process, I first got my financial advisor first, and then I then I got the agent. So, John Mangum is that his name? Yeah, John with uh, CapTrust. Yeah. So yeah. he they had me they had me squared away, but you still don't know. As an inner city kid, you know, and it was funny, funny, funny story. These guys they gave me a, a, a like it was a gold card, right? And it says, hey. This is just for, you know, your use if you want, right? Didn't know that card was tied to like my all my signing bonus, so I went shopping, right? <laughs> I bought, I bought, I went, I went out and bought furniture and all this stuff. And John was like, "Holy shit, wait, what's going on? Like, there was like eighty thousand dollars off your card, or, or you know, is everything okay?" And I was like. Dude, you told me to use the car. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, no, it was like, no, no, this is tied to this. And no, okay, just let's throw that card away. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's so many learning experiences that you're never, you're not ready for because in the in in the household, you're not taught those things. You know, so so there it's it was it was a learning curve. But the experience was amazing. You got, I mean, think about, it. I mean, literally when I was a kid, I always envisioned myself playing for the Dallas Cowboys, oh, you know? So, well, understand my dad is from yeah. Ir Irvin, Texas. So, yeah. I mean, 
But, and the cool thing about it is, Damien talked about his favorite play was Ronnie Lott. How I tackle with my forearm leading, I got that from Ronnie Lott. That's that's how I tackled. I led with my forearm. And, and just a violent way of tackling, Jack Tatum, Ronnie Lott, Steve Atwater, Darren Woodson, was it Leroy Butler from the Green Bay Packers? Mm. I watched those guys. That's that's how it was. And the 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 ride was amazing. And the biggest thing about that whole experience, D, was I got to see you guys celebrate. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I that's I never cared. I never cared about, I mean, I could say I never cared about myself, but I never cared about getting the attention. I always wanted everybody else to have life experiences within my experiences. Would you say that's true, D? Uh, I mean, I would say, you know, well, let's see, Miami Beach at the Fountain Blue with NSYNC. That was pretty, that was pretty freaking phenomenal. You know what I'm oh, saying? Wow. Uh, I mean, we, I mean, I, actually, I don't even know if we should talk about some of the stuff that happened in those early years. And that's, that's not just, that's not, that's not just, it was not just NSYNC. It was other celebrities okay. too, like Gabrielle oh, was, was there. It was everybody. Yeah, it was everybody. Yeah, it was everybody. Hella, it was Gabby, Janet Jackson, it was yeah, Jermaine it was, Dupree, yeah, it was Ryan so, Woodson, it was Justin Timberlake. Okay, Alfonso Ribeiro, I could keep going. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, but my thing was, I always wanted everybody else to have experience. So, my on my draft day, I mean, uh, Damien was there. Then we had our 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 buddies from California fly in. And I told him, I was like, hey, I hope if you guys take care of your flights, I'll take care of everything else. So I had got them limos, bought hotel rooms. We had Boy. a great time. What's Boy, up? that was a crazy. I just thought about that. Was that the Matthew Hatchet? I think it was. No, 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 no. That wasn't my, that was. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was, okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'll give you straight. You'll remember this. The phone party. The phone party that we had, that we went to. He ruined the tape forever. I can't believe. Spanky. Okay, that was that was the same weekend as when I got drafted. Man, so it was an epic weekend. Like, oh my god! So on, on so Barry on campus, uh, either sororities or fraternities, they have these things called phone parties. Yeah, and basically they fill. You know what it is? They fill. Yep. They film the whole downstairs of just bubbles. And so we, you're dealing with some inner city kids, African American. Man, we've never we've never experienced you know <laughs> no luxury like that before. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so we had some of our buddies. You know, it was that weekend was so epic. So we, we went. To, so basically, we went to the party. A couple of my buddies were inhaling some of the, the <laughs> bubbles. I mean, they they did not know how to act. Hell, I know how to act. I was like, this is freaking cool. I've never experienced. I like. I literally got to experience so much in my last couple of weeks at OU or months at OU that I didn't experience my time there. You know, so I mean, so it was cool to be able to experience that and then, but allow. Um, some of the guys got to witness my journey to get to the NFL. A couple of those guys I played little league ball with, played high school with. Um, they got to watch me in college, and then they got to watch me go to the pros. And so, I mean, it was a it was a great journey. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in my kind of my man cave, and I'm looking up, and I I see a, a football that the Cowboys did with on one panel is it's an action shot of me and on the other side it's my name a signature and my number and it says db and then i got a bobblehead dallas figure right here it's like 
I was the face. I had billboards. I had commercials. I mean, for years, like, <clears throat> think of, I mean, I came in as a rookie. I had damn near almost maybe 100 tackles that season, my rookie year, like straight out of straight out of college, had over like 100 tackles. I had 100. I don't know the, the specific, but I know I had five picks. I know I had two touchdowns. Um, I had some sacks. I had some tackles for losses, had the pass deflections, had forced fumbles. I had fumble recoveries. Like, I was a freaking menace my rookie year, you know, and kudos to uh, Julius Peppers. Mm. Um, he he won the rookie year. I came in second. If I, I feel that if I was, if our team was um, trending and we were winning, I think I'd have mm. probably won that because, I mean, there were some discrepancies with Julius Peppers. I'm not going to throw his business out there, but I know for a point he missed like four or five games or something. Not my business. Um, but I played all 16 games. But then again, even though he missed those games, he still had like 13 sacks, 15, something like that. Man. Julius is a beast. He'll, he'll be in the Hall of Fame easily. But the journey was amazing. Like I, I, would, I wouldn't change not, nothing about um, my journey to get there and the hurdles that I had to jump through to even get to college and make it to the league like i'm i was very fortunate and blessed man and it's i mean honestly i will say this i i only have one regret and it's not even a regret on my end it's a regret on my father's end i wish my dad would have wrote that journey with me but he did not and that's what hurts the most i went to my dad's favorite football team and he did not enjoy that that experience with me man I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, I'm not even gonna go there because uh, I saw Roy grew up a Raider fan, or and his dad was a diehard Cowboy fan. I told you, I, I said on the pod before, B, that uh, our junior year in high school, this the 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 uh, the book the uh, yearbook kids came to us and they asked us what we saw ourselves in five years, and my stupid behind literally said, "Yeah, I'm gonna get a D1 scholarship and make my mama proud." And I did it. And Roy Williams, five years earlier, says, I'm going to be a first-round draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys. The tra- the crazy thing is both came true. So the moral of the story is think bigger, right? Because Roy was thinking way bigger than me, and he did it. And I knew he said, because I used to be like, Roy, you're a Raider fan. But he was like, my dad is a Cowboys fan. So that always resonates with me. I'll never forget it. When I write a book, it's going to be in my book. Like, you know, what you say matters. Because there was no if 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 you would have asked anyone then um, if Roy is a first round draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys, people would say Roy probably makes it to the league. Roy was the best player in our team in Pee Wee's. By the way, we had dogs. Our Pee Wee yeah, team, team compete yeah. with anybody in America. I'm just if you bring your team against our team, like five of our guys were D one factors, not just like got scholies, but. Um, you know, Roy was the best player. I mean, he he Roy was physical when we were kids. When we were kids, Roy they would t- kick Roy out of the out of the the tackling lines. Like Roy, you got to get out of line because he would hurt people. Or we would be in tackling lines, and some guys would count who they were going against and be like, "Yeah, uh, I messed up with Roy. I mean, I'm a move mm. because I don't want to go." Like, I'm, by the way, Barry, I'm actually being serious. Like, it was a deal, and of course, for me, like I said, I've been playing with Roy since I was a kid, so he was always bigger than me. Always. Roy was always 20 pounds, 15 pounds heavier than me, regardless to what level. 
but I was never afraid of, and that was my friend. Like, man, you, I wish you would hurt me. I'm going to fight. Like, if we used to have to catch the bus home or his mama would drive us <laughs> home. So we fight in the car. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you hurt me, I'm going to hit your house fighting you in your bedroom. Like, you know, playing solitaire or whatever we were doing. We used to play solitaire for hours, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. But um, nah, man, just to see, you know, that whole experience happen. And Roy, Roy said it, Barry. Like I, I, you know, I always look at that yearbook, and I'm like, this mother sucker said it. And five years later, he played four years at OU, and his fresh and senior year at Logan. That's five years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, that's crazy that he did it. And his dad was the biggest. In, in, in Roy, how how epic were high school years when the Niners and the Cowboys were both really good? His dad would cook. I come over. And we would talk crap to each other. <laughs> we would yeah, I would talk were. crap to his dad at yeah. the house because those games where <clears throat> Dion came and, and the Cowboys and the Niners. And then we started playing this Madden game and Roy found out how to cheat. But Dion when he was with the uh uh Cowboys. No, Cowboys. no, no, he was with the Falcons. And I will I would put him at running back, our Bro. receiver, and I used to run a reverse. Very, very like Ama on, amazing. Bro. That was on the Sega, I think. Too. <laughs> whatever, whatever it was, whatever That's system funny. it was, it was just yeah. crazy to see that boom. It came to light. And Roy, I was there, by the way. I wanted to hear Roy's perspective. I saw Roy when he was one of the very best in the NFL. And we were, you know, I'd be I'd be home sometimes and he'd be like, Roy or Mackie, D Mac. Go to the airport. I'm like, what? Or I was in college. Let, let me take this back. I'm at OU still because my degree, I needed two more years to finish. And I would get Roy gave Roy came home one time and he gave me this thing called a two-way. And he was like, D, you need this. And I was like, what is it? He's like, bro, you need it. Just take it. I was like, I bet. So I'm the coolest kid on campus because I got a two-way. I think they cost like 800 bucks at the time. Right. So Roy's doing his thing. I'm in college. There would be days I'd wake up to a two-way text and it would be like, get to the airport in 90 minutes. And then it would be like, you better not miss. And I'd be like, what? And and he and I'll call him like, boy, he like, Matt, get to the airport. I'm on a, a G4 private plane to go meet Puff Daddy and have oh, dinner with man. him. And or you know what I'm saying? Or we're wow. flying to LAX to, to kick it with Shaq and uh we kicked it with Shaq and Jamie Foxx on his birthday in this all exclusive club with what's the old white guy that used to wear the uh what's his name? Uh a uh, uh, Playboy buddy, what's his name? Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner. We go to this mm -hmm. party with Shaq and and and, and Jamie Foxx. Hugh Hefner shows up with like three limos full of women. By the what? way, nothing crazy happened that night. Nothing crazy happened that night, just FYI, just for context. Okay. But like I'm in college. I think bro. I think that was a garden, Garden of Eden, Eden of Garden, Garden of Eden in LA. Something. You remember yeah. that? Or you're like, we're gonna kick it. We're gonna hang out with uh Tyrese. We hung out with Tyrese on his birthday at Dallas. Tyrese comes to Dallas, he's got an entourage of like 60 dudes or 60 people. We're in Dallas. And Roy's like, come on, Mac, we're gonna go. And we go to this thing, and both of us are like, this ain't fun. Because their vibe was whack. And so we stay for 30 minutes and we leave. Or we hang out with Jason Giambi in Vegas. You remember that, Roy? We're in Vegas and, mm -hmm. and Jason Giambi's playing for the for the uh Oakland A's and, and we hang out with them VIP some club and, and I think that's when we both learned like club is not our thing. It's not <laughs> it's not <laughs> we'll go for like 30 minutes. That's why I don't sleep. remember anything about clubs because it's like, dude, I'm ready to go. Like yeah. I already know myself. Yeah. That was I mean, it was it was awesome. It was I don't remember I don't remember a lot. Like, I mean, as far as that, that's why I rely on people to talk about it to jar my memory, because it's I've 
I've been blessed to be able to bless others to see like ton of moments and experiences in their life. So I can't, I can't keep up. I can't remember because I just, I love to be a blessing to people. And so I, I thrive on that. So it's, it's tough to try to, to remember everything. Hell, I didn't remember about the two way, two way page or whatever it was. I, I don't remember. I remember, Hey, make this flight. A bunch of times, you know what I mean? I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, having you come out to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. Man. You know, and bowling, I think we went bowling or whatever else we did out there. I mean, but Mm. I I remember those. But the thing is, it's like, I just cared. I cared about my my image as far as, because people think or thought I would change. I never changed. It was always me. Only thing that changed was people's view of me because they put me on a pedestal I had no business being on. And um, I actually had to check. I'm not going to say his name. He knows who he is. But I actually had to check one of our, our guys from from the Bay because he was like, I just felt like I couldn't call you. I said, but did you call me? He was like, no. I said, I've never changed. I'm still the same little knucklehead boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That used to run around with like don't treat me any differently than i need to be treated i'm still roy you can call me anytime you want and so had that and you know got on the same page but i just i just cared about making life experiences or impacting people's lives for the better you know and that's the only thing i cared about like i literally did and i live my i still live my life to that way today and um that's what means the most to me it's like what good is it to have stuff if you're not able to experience and let everybody else experience just a little piece of your world? Like, mm. I mean, Damien had more than a piece, but a lot of other people got to have a piece of what it was. So if I, like, I used to go back to the Bay and I was like, all right, hey, let's go to San Jose and go to the club. I would literally, stupid, I'll admit, it's very stupid, but I'll go to a club, get a section, have a whole bunch of our people from middle school, just randoms, right? And all together, I would buy um, bottles of alcohol, stupid, have like a $2,000, $3,000 bill, whatever it was back then. And then just see the people's smiles, everybody's good. I would cut out, like I would leave. It's like, they good. I'm good. I feel good in my heart, but I, you know, hooked them up. Roy still, you know, he's still for us type deal, but I would leave. Like, I mean, I, that just wasn't me, but I just, I, I care about impacting people's lives for the better. But one of the things I've been able to glean from the guests that we we've interviewed DMAC, I mean, and Roy is no different is that you all seem to be very other people oriented. And I think that that showed through on the teams that you guys were a part of at, at Oklahoma. Um, and, I, and I kind of want to do this in terms of kind of circling back to the the football product that that we see now at, at OU. And it's not that they haven't had success, but you all seem to be so that there's some humility uh, attached to the way you guys go about things. And that's not to say that that's not there today, but in terms of having Oklahoma make that jump, you know, be the team that 
that fans are expecting them to be in terms of competing with the the Alabamas and Ohio States. What needs to go in to the the type of player that that Oklahoma needs to recruit, the the type of attitude that they need to have, and and the type of preparation and diligence and discipline once they get on campus. And it's really for both of you guys. Uh, but, but Roy, I just hearing your story, that's one of the things that, that I get from that is, and I got it from Torrance too. I got it from Mark. It's just, you guys seem to care so much about each other and that, that bond is so important to you guys, it seems. So so I wanted to get your take on that and and what it takes to build a team like that today, or even if you can with the way things are so me oriented, you know, with social media and all these things going on. Yeah. uh, Social media has thrown a monkey wrench in, in this new age football player. But yes, you can get to that. It's it's. I feel that the team is going to be stronger next year. Yes, we, we had a drop off, we lost some players. But at the end of the day, you have to play football. You know what I mean? You got to represent the Sooners on your chest and the name on the back. Um, yes, we can get back to that. And I feel that we will get back to that. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, this it's been a great wake up call. For the guys now, now they know their their you know their their crap doesn't stink, you know. So and they and they've been humble, you know, and kind of like us in '99, we didn't know if we were good, but we started winning, and then we started losing the games that we were winning in, you know, <laughs> letting us know that our, our shit stinks, you know what I mean? So, but they're they're learning how to they're learning how to handle adversity. They're learning how to win a game and how to finish out a game, you know, and they're learning all phases of the game, special teams, offense, defense. I mean, they're learning, you know, they're they're still learning. They're young. They're going to need, I feel, they're going to need a couple of JUCO players like we did with Josh Heupel, like we did with Torrance Marshall, you know, some key figures to come in and inject that positive energy to help the team. And then you're going to have to sprinkle in some younger guys. I, I honestly feel we should probably do a better job of getting some local homegrown players from Oklahoma. I, that's just how I feel. Um, because hell, if you, if you want to follow history's past of when we were there, you know, we had a Rocky Calmus, we had a Teddy Lehman, you know, we had, you know, we had some strong bread country boys from Oklahoma that were hard-nosed blue-collar workers that didn't know they didn't know quit. Those guys are the ones that wielded our team to victory. Rocky Kalmus doesn't get enough credit for being the rock of our defense. Like literally, I look to Rocky, I look to Torrance Marshall for strength. Like those were my guys. Like I didn't tell them that, but I sure was. If I was iffy about something, I looked at them and Rocky's Rocky's piercing eyes. I was like, "Where you better get your shit together because it's about to get real, and you better have his back." You know, so um, like I found strength. Like you would never, if you ever watch any football game of when I was there, look at us running out the tunnel, tunnel as a team. You will never see me. You will never see me because I was always like one of the last people to run out because I was always nervous. 
before the game and I never wanted the attention of running out being front being in front I never I didn't like that I don't I never liked attention and I felt we had a whole we had a whole bunch of we had a team of a whole bunch of people that were selfless that only care only had one goal and that was to be the best at your position and be the best on the football field and we had goals we had goals we had we had defensive goals then we had DB goals. And by damn, we hit all of our goals every year from 2000, 2001. When I was at, when I was there, we hit our goals and we had no excuses. I'll echo what Lee's saying. Just some names, just some names that I think matter. Trent Smith, Mike Skinner, yep. Corey Heineke, Barry Hollerman, Jay Hunt, Matt McCoy. There, there are guys who were just flat out, uh, uh, um, you know, Rocky Bright, you know, Jeremy Wilson Guest, Ryan Fisher. Like these are all of those guys are scholarship guys that are from Oklahoma that had a part in winning those natty, yep. winning that natty. Those names like they, none of those guys, of course, the Rocky Thomases, Mike Thompson's, right? JT Thatcher's, right? So you got some All Americans in there too. You got some national award winners in there too. But like that Oklahoma team. And I'm not trying to get just a ton of kudos from the OU, you know, community, but like it's true. There were a ton of guys who would die for OU on that team, just flat out. And Roy, you said something I never thought of. Our two best players or our two best leaders were JUCO guys. I had never looked at it like that. Torrance, Mar I, I said it last week. Our four-star general on offense, Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel could go to the defense and say, "You guys are screwing up. Get your head out of your ass." And everybody would look at Josh and be like, "Bet we got to get our mind right." Torrance Marshall always went to the offense if we weren't. Damn, D Mac, what's going on? I mean, he'd tell us in a second if we weren't playing. But like, those are two JUCOs. I think I think there's something to uh, what Roy Lee is saying in the sense of they need to infuse some leaders who are not afraid to be leaders and alphas. There's a difference between a leader and an alpha. And Josh and Torrance were both. Roy was a leader, but Roy deferred. Kind of like me. You know, I deferred. I could never be like, I was the leader on OU's team. No, I wasn't. Josh was. T. Marshall <laughs> and Rocky were, but Roy was an alpha. You know what I'm saying? Like 100%. Roy Lee, people were like, okay, bad. Roy out there banging. We got like, we would watch those guys and be like, they out there killing Florida State. We got a fucking score. Like we watching the same game they watching and we looking at each other like, man, hold on. Like what happened to us? Obviously, Josh has a softball on his elbow, but it's like we used to put 40, <clears throat> we put 40 up on Nebraska. We put 40 up on K-State. Why we can't put 40 on these guys? That happened because there's a lot of alphas and a lot of guys who love the program. Thank you all for tuning in to part one of our interview with Roy Williams. Part two will be coming out very soon. And for more exclusive behind-the-scenes content not heard on the podcast, go visit Sooners360.com. Also, go leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, make sure to follow Roy Williams on Twitter and Instagram at RoyWilliams31. And make sure to follow the social media Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW, at D underscore Mac 13, at BYS Fitness, at the letter B, W I S E Fitness, and of course, go follow the IG at the Barry and Mac Show, and we will see you soon.